We begin today the Gemara towards the bottom of Daft Tzadik Vav Amud Beis, about 12 or 13 lines up from the bottom of the Yamud, where it says, Rab Meir Oimer. So the Gemara here quotes from what it said in the Mishnah, Rab Meir Oimer, Ba'avadim Oimer Loi Harei Shalach Lefanecha. Okay, so the Tanakhama and the Mishnah said, when a person steals either Behemis or Avadim, and then its condition changed, it got weaker, older. So what happens is, because of the Shinoi, the Gazlan is Kaina, the Behemah itself, or the Avadim themselves. And then they just have to pay back the value that it was at the time of the Geneva. Rav Meir argues, Rav Meir says, by Avadim you can't be Kaina, because Avadim are compared to Karkois, and by Karka you're, not, you're never Kaina it, and you always give it back in its condition the way it is today to its owner. That's the point Rav Meir says. Rav said, we pass like Rav Meir. Rav leaves the majority opinion of the Rabbanon and passes like Rav Meir. Why would he do that? So Omri, they said, to answer this, because Rav had a Braise that brings the same Allah as the Mishnah, but it brings the opinions in the reverse. That it's uh, the Rabbanon that said, that the Eved is compared to Karka. So when he says that Allah is like uh, Rab Meir, he meant to say the way it's, it appears in the Braisa. Right, so in other words, he's really paskening like the Rabbana. The Gemara will soon explain. But that's uh, he's, he's going, he's paskening like the Rabbana, like it says it in the Braisa. You're telling me that Rav is taking the version of this argument, the way it appears in the Braisa, over the version, the way we have it in a Mishnah. A Mishnah is much more reliable always than a Braisa. Why is he taking the Braisa? Rav switches the names of the opinions in the Mishnah as well. So the Gemara questions that, but in my time with the Rav, the Apech Masnissen, the Kamid the Braisa. Why would Rav switch the opinions in the Mishnah? It seems like that he's switching the opinions of the Mishnah because he saw that in Abraisa the opinions are brought opposite, so he switched it in the Mishnah as well. Why? Why he should do the opposite? He should switch the opinions in the Braisa because of the way it appears in the Mishnah. So it still doesn't really answer our question. Why is taking uh, the version of the Braisa over the Mishnah? So the Gemara gives two answers to this. One answer is Omri. They said Rav Nami Masnisen Ipche Isne. Rav, the way his rabbis taught him, the version of the Mishnah itself, he was taught, he was taught the version of the Mishnah, the opinions, the way it appears in the Braisa, not the way we have it over here. Not, not that he switched the Mishnah because of the Braisa. That's how he originally got the Girsa in the Mishnah. Or I can give you a different answer. When do I say that I'm not going to switch the version of a Mishnah because of the version of a Braisa? That's Chodah Mikami Chodah. When you have one Mishnah, Versus one Braise, so then the, the Mishnah is stronger than the Braise. However, Choda Mekamitarti, if you have a version of the Mishnah, just one Mishnah, versus two Braises that say the opposite, so then Apach, so then you switch the version of the Mishnah to fit with the two Braises that say the opposite. So over here, regarding this point, what do Chachamim hold? Do Chachamim hold that by uh, Eved by you say that he's similar to Karka? And therefore, there's no change that you can be kind of through this. So in our, in our Mishnah, it said that Chachamim hold that Eved is like Metatlin. It's Rabbi Meir that said that Eved is like Karka. But, but Rav had already one Braise that said the opposite. No, it's the Chachamim that said that Eved, there's no change that the Gazlan will be kind of because Eved is like a Karka. Here, the Gemara brings another Braise where you see this same point that the Chachamim are the ones that hold that Eved has a Halacha like a Karka. Where do you see this? The Tanya, we learned in the Braise. 
a person was exchanging a, a cow for a donkey, and it gave birth, and as we'll see at the continuation of the Braise, it's not clear exactly whether the birth was before the sale, and therefore the cow that's born still belongs to the first owner of the cow, or it was after the sale, now it belongs to the buyer, the one that was before the Bala Chamoy. Rashi explains the reason why the Braise uses the expression of Hamachlef, even though you'll see right over here, right afterwards, it says Hamoicher. Why doesn't it say over here as well, Hamoicher Pada, something like that? Is because usually when you sell an ox, you sell a cow, how do you sell it? It's with Meshicha. You have to bring it into your property. So if that's the case, in a usual case, there can't be any Suffolk when it was born. You see, it's right in front of you. You can't be kind of with Kesef. You just pay someone for this cow and it's not in your presence. You do Meshicha, it's right there. Therefore, the Braiser brings Dafka this uh, case of Machlev, because when you exchange a cow for a donkey, so then if you're Meshech, if the Bala Pada is Meshech to Chamoir, it doesn't make a difference where the Pada is, it doesn't have to be in his presence, the Kenyan takes effect, the Bala Chamoir is going to be kind of the Pada, even if it's not in front of them. So therefore, this is an example where it's possible that there should be a Suffolk when it was born, before or after the sale. A person sells a maidservant, the Yaldan, she gave birth, and over here, this sale with the maidservant is with money. So this, uh, it says, this could be you paid for it and it wasn't in their presence. And now it's unclear when, it, when she gave birth. Now, so there's a few different options of scenarios of what these two people are claiming about, about this and what the halacha would be. There's a lot of different details here that's explained regarding the Pshar and this Braise and Gemara and Bab Metziah. Let's just say the kids are a little bit. This Gemara is bringing this brayse here just for one point, but there's a lot of the details in this brayse really. Now, one case is One of them says that it was born in my possession, and the other one is quiet about it. So Zachaba, the one that says the tiny's body, he knows he's saying, I know for a fact it was born in, when it was still in my possession, so he's going to be zeichet because the other one has no tiny, the other one is quiet. So according to some opinions, or the way the Gemara explains it, either this is talking about when this is an asimta, where nobody has any chazaka on it, or the one that's saying the tainus body is the one that has the chazaka. That's why he's going to be zeich with his taina. Another see, option. I can't see when, what time, one was in the chira, one was the, uh, No, 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 so I explained before, you can't, because over here the sale happened when it wasn't even in front of them. The potter wasn't, it wasn't in front of them, they, did, they didn't see. Another option of what happened over here is, what are their tainas? Both of them are saying, okay, we're not aware, we weren't there, none of them know what happened. So what do you do in such a case? You divide this Vlad, uh, this, this part of the, the, that was born, you divide it between both of them. This is, the Gemara says in Bometzi, it's the opinion of Sumchas. When there's a suffix, what do you do? You have to divide it. Another case is, Both of them are saying a tiny body that was born in my possession. What do you do now? So Yeshava HaMoicher, the seller of the Pada, he's the one that should be swearing, that it was born in his, when it was still in his possession. And therefore, I only have to give you the Pada and not the Vlad that was born, because the Vlad was born before. And the reason why we say that in such a case, the Moicher is the one that swears and not Lekeach, the rule is that anytime you have to make a shvuah menatayra, and this shvuah over here is also a shvuah menatayra. And Ashi explains very simple why. Because this is basically a case of maidu b'miktas. The meicher is saying that I owe you the pada. That, that, that was the exchange that we made. But the vlad now, I don't owe you. So he's being maidu for the pada, and he's being makhish that I don't have to give you the vlad. So that's a maidu b'miktas. 
There's another detail that Rashi adds to this. Usually by Maidu B'Miktas, in such a kind of case, it would not have the Allah of Maidu B'Miktas. Why not? Because this is called Halach. You're, you're, the actual para that you're Maidu in, you're giving it right now. When you're Maidu by Maidu B'Miktas, it's not Maidu B'Miktas unless you're Maidu and you're not paying it right away. Here, when you're giving the para right away, it's not Maidu B'Miktas. So Nasha brings that the Gemara in Bab says that even the para that the person is giving is not, a, is not complete. There's a hand cut off. There's, it's, it's not a complete para. So he's not giving it completely as well. So, but it's the Meicha, the one that swears, because <coughs> all the ones that make a Shavuah, they make a Shavuah and you don't pay. Right, so over here, the Meicha, which is the one that is the first owner, and he wants to hold back from paying, so he's the one that makes a Shavuah. The Lekeach, though, would not make a Shavuah and then try to come and take out money from this Meicha. Because a Shavuah, when I tell you, you can't be Meitzi moment through a Shavuah. This is what Abmeir says. Regarding the case of where there's a doubt regarding the maidservant that gave birth. If before or after the sale, for that you can't make a shvua at all. Why? Because you never make a shvua, not on avodim and not on karkois. Karkois, this is learned from a pasik. There's a drasha that says that you only make a shvua on things that are metal and movable items, not on karkois. And over here, the avodim are compared to karkois and there's no shvua. So here's the second b'raise, where you clearly see who's the one that says that Avadim are compared to Karkois, Chachamim, not Rav Meir. <coughs> so therefore, Rav accepted the opinion of two b'raises, the Chacham are the ones that say this, against the version that we had in the Mishnah, that Rav Meir is the one that says that, that Avadim are Karkois. So okay, so now the Gemara asks on this, if that's the conclusion here, so if so, hi, Allah is Rav Meir. So this, that he quoted the name of Rav, that Rav said that Allah is like Rav Meir, Allah is like He should have said that Allah is like the Rabbanim, because according to Rav's version, the Allah is like the Rabbanim. They're the ones that said that Eved is compared to Karka. This answers the Gemara, This is what he said in the name of Rav, According to your version, that you switched the names in the Mishnah, and you taught that Rav Meir is the one that says that Rav Adam are compared to Karkais, So I'm saying, even according to your version, that the Halach is like Rav Meir. But really what he meant to say is, that the right version is, like you have it in two braises, that the Halach really is like the Rabbanan. Is it true that Rav said that a slave, Evan Kanani, has the halacha like karka, which is also again relevant, that when you steal a slave, he's always in the possession of the original owner, there's no shini that takes effect. Here the Gemara will bring up, there's another halacha that applies to this. But So we see though that Rav said a halacha, which seems like Rav holds that Evan is not like karka. Because a person that went ahead and grabbed his friend's slave, and and he used him for himself to do work for himself. Potter. So he'll be potter to pay for the owner, the to, to pay him uh, he didn't have to hire a slave, he just grabbed a slave. He'll be potter to pay for the owner. To, for for the, the, the work that he did for him. Now the question is, why would he be potter? This will depend on whether this is metaltalin or karka. This look at You're going to say that like Rav, we just explained Rav's opinion. That Rav, the kemekarkoi, domi, that a evet kanani, has the same Allah like a piece of land, am I potter? Why should you be potter for using your your friend's slave and working with it? You should have to pay him for this. But it's the mare koi. While you're using his Eved, 
He's in the ownership of the master. So just like if you would go and live in someone's house, live in, or, or, or be in someone's property without his permission, you, you didn't pay him rent, you have to go ahead and pay him rent for using his, uh, living in his house, living in his property. So over here as well, if you're using someone's Eved, and you, you have to pay for this. Every moment that you're using the Eved, it belongs to you and you have to pay. Now what the Gemara means to ask over here is, on the other hand though, if this Eved has a halacha of metaltalin, it's a movable item, so then over there, that halacha does not apply. As we had already before, by metaltalin, if you take someone's pada and you plow with it, you use it, and then you return the pada as is. So you were Mekayim, you gave it back, you don't have to pay for this, that you used it, for the work that you did. The Gemara brought before that there was a case where Rav Nachman gave a knas to a Gazlan that was doing this again and again. But in a regular case, the Tadis says that, that there's a certain concept called Kenyani Gizela, while it's in your possession, you have responsibility that it should, that to return it in its condition, the way it is to its original owner. But if you use it in between, and then you return it, you don't have to pay for any usage that you have in between. But that's not by karka though. By karka, it's like I moved into someone's house and then I say, I'm returning the house to you. I'm leaving after a week. It doesn't work that way. You're going to have to pay rent for that week that you were there. So if ever this compared to karka, you should have to pay for all this time that you use this person's slave. So the answer is, what are we talking about over here? You went and grabbed this Eved of someone and used it for yourself in a time where he's off, where he's not working anyways. So the owner is not losing out from this. This is what's called You're having a benefit of using his Eved, but he's not losing anything out. He's off, he's easy in a time that he's off anyways. And the Gemara brings the example for this, which we had earlier in the Masechta regarding this halacha of Zen Nene Vizele Chaser. So the question was asked by him, Boy Mine Miravhune, the question was asked from Ravhune, Hadar Bachatzachavere Shalemi Daitai. You live in a person's courtyard or in a person's house without his permission. Do you have to pay him rent for living there without his permission, or you do not have to pay him rent? Now, as Rashi explains, we had this before, that the, the question over here is in a situation where this house is not designated for any rental anyways. It's sitting there empty. And you're just living there, and you're not causing any damage. So Zenana, you're having a nobel living there, and the owner has no, he's not losing anything out from this. Do you have to pay for this? And he answered him back, You don't have to pay rent for this. The rule is you don't have to pay. So here as well with this Eved, you're using him on his off time, so why should you pay for it? Didn't you have something before that? The what? The what? No, okay, let's have one second. So the Gemari, the Gemari here asks that the case of this house and the case of the Eved is not exactly the same. Why not? How can you compare the two things? Over there, when it comes to living in someone's house, which the person, the owner, left empty and it's not designated for a rental. So, there we had earlier in the Masechta, there were two opinions explaining why you don't have to pay the owner for living there. Because you're actually doing something which you're not, he's not losing anything at all. There's actually a certain benefit that the owner has by you being there. And there are two opinions about this. One opinion was, <coughs> whether, according to the opinion that says, a house which is settled, where, which someone is living there, the owner actually, it's better for him than having an empty house. As she explains, when you have someone that's actually living there, so he sees if there could be a leak in the house, he'll notice it, he'll take care of it. If there's a crack, he'll take care of it. A house that's left empty, so things could happen and then things could get ruined. So he actually is, 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 appreciates the fact that someone is living there and it's, it's good for him. 
So that's why if you're there, you don't pay. But you can't say that svat over here regarding Evet Kanani. And Bain Lamandama are another opinion that explain there why the owner appreciates that you're there when it's not designated for a rental. The Pasik says, Shi'iya Yukashar, that there's this Shindalit, that has this, that's the name of Shia, goes in a Shindalit that hangs out in places which are these uh, abandoned places. And now that you're there, so you make sure that there shouldn't be any Shindalits over there. So therefore the owner is, so, so the owner is happy that you're there. But over here when you're using his Eved, even though it's his off time. But does the owner want you to use his Eved when he has his, his off time, when he's on vacation, and now he's going to be weaker, he won't be able to work for his master the way he should? So the Gemara answers, no, even over here, the owner actually does, does, is happy that you're doing this. So Omri, they answered, here as well, we could say that the owner is happy that when this Evan is off, you're also using him and putting him to work. Why? Because like this, the Evid won't get accustomed to just roaming around and doing nothing and, get, and, and just not working. In fact, you're putting him to work, the master is happy for this, that you're tra- training his Evid, that he should always be working. So therefore, this is something which is, again, in the category of Zen Nene, Zeller Chosset. It's actually something the owner is happy about, and therefore, you don't have to pay for this. Sigmar brings a story in connection to this. By Rav Yesuf Bar by the house of Rav Yesuf Bar have a Tokif Avdi, they would go and grab slaves, the Inchi, from people, the Masik Bozuzi, that owed them money. So the people owed them money, they weren't paying up. So they went and they grabbed a slave from them to get the value to, to do work for him. That's, that, that was their custom. So Rabbi, his son, or Rabbi, his son, challenged the father and asked him the question, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing that they should take Evid Kanani to work for you from people that owe you money? My time, Avid Marachi, why are you doing this, taking Evid Kanani without permission of the owner to work for you? So he answered him, because Rav Nachman said, an Evid, a, a slave, even the value of the food that you feed him, his work is not even that value. Meaning the fact that I'm putting these, I'm, t- I'm grabbing these slaves and I'm taking them to work for myself, but I'm giving them to eat. The master is not losing anything out from this because the master, he would have to feed them. And the work that he does for the master is not any more than the feeding. So I'm feeding them, which is the same value or maybe even more than the work that he does for the master. So I'm taking care of this effort for the master. So therefore, the master is not losing anything out from this. So again, Rabbi challenges his father and asks him, When did Rav Nachman say such a thing about an Eved that his work is not even worth the, the money that, of the food that he's being fed? It's only a specific kind of a slave. It's referring to Doru, which was Rav Nachman's Eved, the market Bekuvi. He couldn't do regular work. All he would do is he was like this entertainer. He would dance around between stores to entertain people. Not something which was very valuable. And so therefore, this Eved, what he had to feed him, was worth more than the entertainment that he was doing. But Kulu Abdi, usually any other slave, Meved Abdi, they work, they can do things that are much more valuable. And therefore, if you're taking away this Eved from the master, you are, uh, you're stealing something from the master that he's losing out from this, that he could have uh, put him to work and he would have a value much more than the food that you're feeding the slave. But still, you can't steal, you can't take without. Uh, he would just grab these slaves. 
Amalei, so Rav Yisrael answers and says, and I gave another excuse to, to, to say why he did this. Anokrav Daniel severely. I hold like what we quoted before, like Rav Daniel said. Amarav Daniel Barav Ketine Amarav Hatoykev Ba'avdeshachaveira. If you go ahead and grab a person's slave, also by Malacha, and you did work with him, Potter. So you Potter with the work that you did. Like we said before, in a situation where the Evid was in his off time and you went and you grabbed a slave to work for you, that's what happened over here with uh, Rav Yisab He just took the Evid of these people when they were on the off time. So Alma, we see, as we explained before already, the owner is happy about this, that his Evid shouldn't just go around and get used to not working. But still, Rav challenged this and said to his father, When is that allowed? That's if the people, if, if you're taking someone's Eved and you're putting him to work in the off time and the owner's happy about this, that person doesn't owe you any money. But Ma, over here, the master, he's talking to his father, because you're taking it from people that owe you money. This is going to look like ribis. People are going to think that you're using the Eved in a time when it does have a value to the master. And then what happens if you're going to get, if you're going to get paid back the money that they owe you and you also use their Eved Kanani free of charge. So then it comes out that you're getting paid extra more than what you should have. So even if this is not really ribis, because you only took it in the time when the Eved was off and the master is happy about this, it's not losing anything out, so there's no extra charge here. But it looks like ribis, so you shouldn't be doing this. And he brings a source for this. Going back to the case we had before, even though it was said, If you live in your friend's house, and it's in a case where it's not designated for rental and he's not losing anything out, as we explained before. So you don't have to pay him any rent for this. However, if it's a case where you lent this person money and he owes you money, and now, besides the fact that he's going to pay you back for the loan, you just go and live in his house without uh, paying him, then it's going to look like ribis. So in order that it shouldn't look like ribis, you're going to have to pay him for living in his house. Again, even though it's not actual ribis, because it's a case of Zanan of Chaser, but nevertheless, it could look like ribis, so you're not allowed to do this. So after this entire discussion on Malay, he told his son, Hadribi, so I, re- I retract, I, yeah, you're right, I take back what I did, and therefore this shouldn't be done, shouldn't be taking an Evet Kanani from someone, because it looks like ribis. Itmar, we learned another similar Allah, a person went and grabbed somebody's boat, and used it for himself. He did work with it. So how much are you now? You're giving it back to the person. Rav, Rav says, Ratzo, the owner of this boat, if he wants, he can charge you for the rental of this boat. And if he wants, he can charge you also for any damages that there are in the boat through your use. So it depends. If the rental covers it, so then he charges you rent. If there's additional damages, which are even more than what the rental price is, then he could charge you even more for the, for the damages. Shmuel, Omar Shmuel says, you only, He could only collect the, the money of any damages that were caused, but you, don't, you can't collect any money of the rental. It's going back to the point that we said before, because when it comes to any metal talent that you steal, while it, while it is in your possession and you use it, so you used it. You're not allowed to steal, you're not allowed to use it, but if you used it and you just give it back afterwards, as long as you gave it back in its condition, then that's it. If there's any damages, so then you, know, that, that you, you have to make sure to give it back in the condition it was when you stole it. But you can't charge them any additional rent for this.
explained, they're not really arguing over here, because really everybody would agree that you could just give it back, make sure that it's in the condition the way it was originally, and give it back. So what's, why, why did Rav say it differently? Rather, the, the case over here is like this. If it's a case where the boat is, is a, it's a rental boat. That's what it's designated for. So it's on that that Rav said that you either pay the damages or you pay the rental. If it turns out that the rental of the boat has more value than the little damages that he might have made over here in this boat, so you can actually charge him for the rent because that's what it's designated for. And ha, the levy Shmuel was talking about a case where the boat is just a private boat. It's not designated for a rental. So over there, you just pay the boat back the way it was and make sure that whatever damages there are, you can, you can charge them for that, but not for any rental. We buy Seima, another version to explain what the difference between Rab and Shmuel is, and they're not arguing. In both cases, they were speaking about a case that it was, it was made for a rental. But nevertheless, ha the Nochesla Adaitadagra, over here, it, depend, it depends on the attitude of the Gazlan, the person that took it. If it's a person that took it, and he, he took it without the person's permission, but he took it as a rental, he said he took it with the thinking that he's going to pay for the rental. So then over there, you, you, either you pay for the rental that you took it for, or you pay for the, for the pras, for the damage that there was. Depends what's, what's more. But if you're just taking it as a gazlin, so then by exela, the halach is, you give it back as is, and you have to pay for the pras that there was, that it should be in the same condition it is as, as you stole it. But there's no, for the rental, you don't have to pay at all. Going back to the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, uh, an example of something that a person stole and there was a shinoi and you're kainet and therefore you only give back the money of it. So you stole a matbeya and the matbeya cracked. It's one example. Omer explains, nistak means nistak mamish, that if mamish cracked, you see clearly there's a shinoi here in this coin. That's when you're kainet the coin, you have to give back the value of it. That's been negated to this case. Now, in the continuation of the mission, it says you stole a coin and then it was nifsal. Nifsal means it's not anymore used in the circular. It's not the currency that's used anymore. What does this mean? Paslase malchus. Nifsal means that the government took it out of out of circulation. So this coin anymore is not anymore invaluable. But this is a kind of a shinui where you don't notice any shinui in the physical coin. So this actually you can give it back as is. That's what it said in the Mishnah. That's Rav Huna's Pshat in the Mishnah. Rav Yudah Omar, Rav Yudah says different Pshat. Paslase Malchos, if the kingdom, the government, took out this coin from, current, from, from the circulation, it's not used as the currency at all anymore. Hainu Nistak. That will have the same halacha as if the coin itself cracked. It's a kind of a shinui that it's totally not usable as a matbeya, and therefore this is a shinui that you kain it, and you now you have to give back the value of the money of this coin the way it was when you stole it. What did the Mishnah mean when it said that it's, that it's nifsal, that it can't be used in the circulation? It means that there's in one Medina, there's in one area, in one country where it's not used anymore. There's another place, there's another country where it still could be used. Right, so therefore over here, that's considered to be a shinui, which is not nikr, because there's another place where it could be used. The Gemara now will ask, <coughs> sorry, on both of these opinions, as follows, let's see. So first in the first opinion, Rav Hone's opinion, the Gemara asks, According to your Pshat, you said that what does Nifsal mean? That it's completely taken out of circulation in any place. 
But if so, the other examples the Mishnah brings up, if a person stole fruits and it got rotten, or he stole wine and it became, uh, it lost its original taste, it became like vinegar. So the Gemara here is actually focusing on the second case regarding the wine, when it becomes like vinegar. Isn't that similar to this coin here, which is taken out of circulation all over? Because this wine as well, when you take a look at the wine itself, it seems like it's just wine. It, it doesn't have the same. If you're going to taste it, you, you'll see it doesn't have the same taste. But if you look at the wine, externally it looks like the same wine. So it's similar to this coin. You look at the coin, it looks like the same coin. But it's not anymore used in circulation. The Ketani, and the Mishnah says, Mishalem Kishasak that over there, yeah, that you're kainet, and you only pay Kishasak So why don't we say the same thing when you get to the coin that's taken out of circulation, that you should have to pay back Kishasak so he answered him, no, 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 you can't compare these two things. Also, when it comes to the wine that's now vinegar, even though externally it looks like the same wine, but you, there's something physical that you can see that it's not the same. The taste and the smell is not the same. So, so therefore that's a noticeable change. Over here it's the same physical coin, even though it's taken out of circulation completely. And now if you look at this coin and you compare it to other coins that are being used in circulation, you see right away, oh, this coin, someone's going to give you this coin to pay for something. You'll see right away, what's this coin? This is totally out of circulation. But nevertheless, the physical coin is the same. So therefore, you, you can give it back as is. Say more of the wine. Huh? By the wine, by the wine. Okay, could be. Okay. Okay, but the Gemara doesn't mention the color. I don't know, maybe it could be in such a way it turns into vinegar, even when the color, color remains the same, or, or, or it's so minimal that uh, it would be a maven to see that. The Gemara now asks on the second opinion, Rav Yehuda. According to your opinion, what did he say? said that, What's the pshat over here? Of, that if the malchus, meaning if the entire government doesn't allow to use this uh, coin at all. Hainu Nistak, he said that, it, that this is a shinui that's noticeable and it's compared to the coin getting a crack in it. So he asked him, if you consider such a coin which is totally taken out of currency to be a real shinui, if so, there's another case that the Mishnah mentioned, Hare Trume Venitmis. If he stole someone's Trume and it became Tome, so this is now Trume that no kainim can eat at all. Isn't that similar to a coin that's totally taken out of circulation? Uh, so in both cases, it's not something where physically you can see a difference in it. But in both cases, just like the coin is to- totally taken out of circulation, the trume cannot be used by any coin either. By the trume, the Mishnah says, you can give the trume back as is. And Aviyudah says, by the coin, when it's totally taken out of circulation, then you, can't, you cannot give back the coin as is. You kain it, and you have to give back the original value of it. What's the reason for the, the difference? Amalei, Sarav Yudah answers, Hasam loy minke hazeke. When it comes to the trume that became tome, there's no way you could notice the fact that it's tome. The physical trume looks the exact same like every other trume. Hacha minke hazeke. Over here, even though the physical coin is the same, but nevertheless, the change here that happened is something which is noticeable. As I mentioned, you come to the store, you bring this coin, which is out of circulation now. Everybody sees right away that this coin is different than other coins. It's out of circulation. So the very fact that it's different than other coins, that's something that's considered to be nikir, that you're going to be kind of it, and you give back the original value that it was. Itmar, we learned in Machlekes, in connection to this halacha, when a coin goes out of circulation, Hamalves chaveroi ala A person lent 
to someone. And Asher says what it's talking about is not a regular kind of loan, but it's talking about merchandise. And it's Alamat Beya. And for those merchandise he made up with him, you're going to pay me back the value money for these merchandise. Basically, a person that's uh, giving you uh, merchandise on credit, now you have to give him back money for this. But now, the Nipsila Hamad Beya, the original coin of circulation that was used <laughs> when he gave you this merchandise, is not anymore a coin that's available. It's out of circulation. Ravaman. <laughs> No, 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 I just, he lent him, he gave him merchandise. I'm going to ask that uh, he'll pay him up later on credit. And now that, that uh, coin that was used in circulation at that time is out of circulation. So Rav says, You're gonna, When it comes to pay for this merchandise, you're going to have to pay him with the coins, with the currency that's used, that's now available in that time period. So, okay, that's Rav's opinion. Shmuel Shmuel says, No, he could pay him the original coins that was in the currency when he, was, when, he, when he got this merchandise from him because he can say to the seller, Go take the coins that I told you that I would pay you then, even though over here it's out of circulation in this area, but you can travel far away, go to a place called Meishan, far away, and over there that coin is still in circulation and you'll be able to use it there. So Rashi here points out that this whole Shaila in the Gemara is specifically in a case where the person is selling you merchandise and credit. And he makes up, the, you're going to pay him for this. So now the question is, you have to pay him the, the currency today or the original currency. But if it was a regular loan where you don't make up anything specific, it's not, I'm going to pay you money for this merchandise, but it's just a loan where they don't make up anything. So in such a case, it's obvious that you have to give back the money according to its currency the way it is today. That's Rashi's shot here in this. Tosus says a little bit different. Tosus says that um, it depends if they made a clear condition or not. It doesn't make a difference if it's merchandise or not. The Lashon of the Gemara, Hamal Chavere, Al Hamad Beya, the words Al Hamad Beya means they made specifically a condition on paying you back Al Beya. Because that Lashon was used by the loan, that's why it becomes a machlekes here between Rav and Shmuel, whether you have to give back the currency that's in circulation today, or you can give him back an old currency which is used in a faraway place. So the Gemara now brings what Rav Nachman said about Shmuel's opinion. Omer Rav Nachman, Shmuel, it's logical to follow what Shmuel said, only the Isle Orchele If there's actually a way that you can get to, you can travel to the city of Meishan. So then you can say to this person, I'm paying you back these coins, and you'll go over there to Meishan. <laughs> but if you have no way to travel over there to Meishan, so then loy, so then there's no way. Uh, there's no way that you can pay him now here with this a currency that's not used anymore and tell him, go travel to Meishan. He can't travel to Meishan. That's a pshat in Shmuel's opinion. So on this, the Gemara asks, Eis Rav Nachman, Rav Rav Nachman about this, to the halacha of Maisris. This is talking about Maisr Sheni. When you have the produce of Maisr Sheni, so what do you usually do with it? You don't bring the, the fruits itself to Yerushalayim. You redeem it with money and the money is brought to Yerushalayim. So the Brayse says, You can't desecrate your fruits, your produce of Maisa Shani on money that's out of circulation, that's, uh, that's not used anymore. Ketzat, for what's an example for this? So the Brayse is very specific when it brings an example of money that's out of circulation. You had money which is called This is the coins that were made in times of Ben Kuziba when he was in power and then he made coins that were called Kuzviyais on his name. So these are coins that are old coins that are totally out of circulation. Or coins that are made from earlier kings from earlier times in history. So it can't be used to, to desecrate the, the money, the, 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 the produce that is of Maishashani for this money. 
That's the example the Brisa uses. So now the Gemara is Medayik, why the Brisa brings up specifically these examples of these old-fashioned coins from, from history, from times before. But it sounds like though, if it would be not such old coins, but rather we're talking about over here, coins that are from later times, that are from, the, that, are from that time period. But however, they're out of currency, they're, they're out of circulation. Similar to the coins of Amal that are not being used anymore. These coins, you could use them to desecrate your, your Maiseshani on them. So what's the Gemara's question? Over here, these coins, they're not in circulation in the place that you are anymore. But you, you may be able to use them maybe somewhere in Meishan. But the problem is that these coins, though, the person is not taking it to Meishan. He has to bring them up to Yerushalayim. It's not going to Meishan. Rav Nachman said that according to Shmuel, that you can only use these coins if, you, if he has a way to travel to Meishan. But over here, he's not traveling to Meishan, he's traveling to Yerushalayim. So how could you say, you see over here from this Braisa, that the coins that are out of currency here, but we can use somewhere else, you could use them to be Mechal, the Maishasheni on them. The case of here is when the governments are not makpid one on the other, even though take this is out of currency and it's only used in a faraway place, in a different place, over here it's not used anymore. But nevertheless, one kingdom, they're not makpid, one government is not makpid and another government, and the, the coins could be used over here as well. So now, if that's the case, if that's how you're explaining this, Braisa, so let's go back. To um, what Shmuel said, Ella ki ama Shmuel. So, so if so, when Shmuel did say that you, you could only use this currency if it could be used in Meishan. So what was Shmuel talking about? When the governments are very, very particular about the currency, that you should only use their currency, and you should not have any other currency with you. If so, So what did Rav Nachman say? That according to Shmuel, you could still pay back with this currency because you can travel and bring it to Meishan. But the Gemara now understands if the Malchi is a Makpide Zuzu, you can't even travel and bring it over there. The government confiscates this kind of currency. They don't want people to have this currency at all. So the Gemara answers, no, they're talking makpid, but the mamtiluhu But nevertheless, if you keep it in your pocket and you travel over there to this faraway place in Meishon, you will be able to bring it there because the leibachashi, they're not going to go and search your pockets and they're not going to see what the, the currency that you have. <laughs> so it's still going to be possible to, to bring it over there. But vimashkechi, though, if they're going to find it, if, they, if they're going to see it, then kapti, then they'll take it away from you. So they, this was the case that Shmuel was talking about, that if you're going to try to use the currency over here in the store, in the bank, it's going to be confiscated from you. But if you're going to want to put it in your pocket and travel somewhere else with it, you'll be able to travel somewhere else. So therefore, Rav Nachman said, you can't use it over here, but you'll be able to travel somewhere else with it. That's what Shmuel was talking about. Toshima the Gemara brings another b'raisa about desecrating the produce of Maishasheni on the money. You're not mechalel if you want to desecrate them using money that's used as the currency in Eretz Yisrael. You can't do the, use that kind of money if the actual Maishasheni, the produce is in Bavel. Because over here you're using a currency that's not used in Bavel. Now she brings that there has to be a currency that's used in this place. That's what we learn out from the Pasik. Or vishal bavel vehenkan, or if you're if if you're using the currency from bavel and you're with your produce of maizasheni in Eretz Yisrael, you can't use the currency of bavel in Eretz Yisrael to be mechal the fruits of maizasheni. Shal bavel vehen bavel, but if it's the fruits of bavel and and it's the currency of bavel, so then mechal it. 
then you can use this currency, this money, to be to desecrate your ma'aseh shame. Now, katani mi'es. What does it say over here? Ein mechalalin al ma'is shulkan. You can't use the money from Meretz Yisrael. Vehein bebavel. And when you are in bavel, you can't use it. Why? Because this money can't be spent over here. It's not money that you can use over here. Now the question is, The question is, but according to Shmuel, and the way Rav Nachman explained Shmuel's opinion, you could use a currency to pay back a loan as long as that person that you're paying back can take that money and use elsewhere. You could take it to Meishan and use it. So over here, when you're in Bavel, you want to be Mechalol, you're Paytas of Maishashani, on this money, why can't you use the money of Eretz Yisrael? Even though the money can't be spent here, but what are you going to do with this money? You're going to travel with it back to Eretz Yisrael. You have to bring this money to Yerushalayim anyways. So if you're going to Yerushalayim, you're able to spend the money there with this. Why, why can't you use this money? Answers the Gemara, the case over here is, when the governments between Bavel and Eretz Yisrael, they're so makbid that Rashi here says here, when the Gemara says makbid, what the Gemara means to say is that they, that they search people. They, they, if you're going to be traveling and you're going to try to cross the border from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael, they're going to search your, your, your pockets and they're going to take away this money from you. You had currency from Eretz Yisrael here in Bavel. They're going to confiscate this money from you. So you're not going to be able to bring it to Eretz Yisrael. That's why in this case, you can't be mechal the Maishashani on this money. If that's the case, that they're so particular and they're going to take away this money from you and they're going to search you even in your pockets, say if so, what did it say? That if you have your produce in Bavel and you're using the money of Bavel and so you then, because the money could be spent here, so therefore you can be mechal the Maishashani, but what, what, what is this money going to be worth? What do you have to do with this money? You have to bring it to Yerushalayim. But you can't bring it to Yerushalayim. Because if you're going to bring it to Yerushalayim, they're going to take away the money from you. You just said the case of here is that the Makpide Zuozu in Bavel, they, they search people, they take away the money that you have from Eretz Yisrael. And in Eretz Yisrael, they search people, they'll take away your money that you have from Bavel. So you can't use this money for anything anyways. So how could you be Mechal the Maishashani in this? And says the Gemara, Chazu, it still could be used. You can't bring this money to Eretz Yisrael. There they're going to be mocked, but they'll take it away. But if you buy an animal over here in Bavel, then you can take this animal up to Yerushalayim. I guess it's easier to take, uh, to transport an animal to Eretz Yisrael than the Paytas, because the Paytas uh, get uh, rotten and so on. So, so you, you transport the Bahamut to Eretz Yisrael. But now the Gemara is going back to another thing that it said there in the Braise. What did the Braise say? That you can't use the money of Bavel to, uh, to, to be Machal the Maishashani when you're in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, that was, what, was one of the cases on the Braise. So the Gemara now is going to ask a question on that case. Did it? We learn in a Braise. Hiskinu, the Chachamim instituted, Shiyu, Hamois, or Kolamois, I think the Bach says, all different kinds of money. Yaitzes virishalayim ipnei kach. Chachamim made a special takana that any kind of currency from all over should be able to be used and spent in the store, in Yerushalayim. People should accept all currencies in Eretz Yisrael. <laughs> and B'tnekach, the reason was because people paid Machtas HaShekel, people brought currencies from all over the world. So they made a takana that all currencies should be ex- accepted. So the question of the Gemara is, why did the Braith did before say that when you're in Eretz Yisrael, don't be mechalil, your produce of Maishashani, of a currency from Bavel. Why not? All currencies, they made a takana that all currencies should be accepted in Eretz Yisrael. 
On the Rabzaira, so Rabzaira answers, Loi Kashi, this is not a question. If it's in a time period when the Yidin had the control, and therefore this Takana, Alumasa over the game there, so then this Takana that all currencies should be accepted is, is, in, is in effect, and then you could be Mechalal, Yemaisasheni, on any currency from Bavel as well. But then there's the time when the Goyim are stronger. The Gemara uses the term Alatzman, but it means over Yidin. And Yidin can't make any Takonis, so then the currency of Bavel will not be accepted in Eretz Yisrael. So you can't be Mechalal, Yemaisasheni, on the currency of Bavel. Let's just see one more thing. The Gemara finishes off a very interesting thing regarding the currencies, the kinds of coins that we used in those times. Toner Abanon, Abraisa, we learned. Ezeo Matbeyeshal Yerushalayim. What was the Matbeya in those times of Yerushalayim? What kind of a picture did it have in it? David David and Shleimah Melech was written on it from one side, and Yerushalayim Mirakaydesh Mitzadacher, and Yerushalayim Mirakaydesh was written on it on the other side. Veizel Matbeya Shal Avram Avinu. What's a Matbeya from the times of Avram Avinu? Zokin Uzekena Mitzadachod. It's written on it. Zokin and Zekena on one side, and this refers to Avram and Sora. And and then it's written on it, a Bachar and Besula, the younger ones, which goes on Yitzchak and Rivka, that was written on the other side.